Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we're speaking with expat and Anantara Hotels General Manager, Darren Darwin. Originally from Manchester, England, he joined the hospitality sector just after leaving the army and just before joining the police force. We speak to him about his experience, doing the MBA, the impacts of COVID and other trends on the industry, and the skills it takes to successfully lead the pre-opening of iconic properties. Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast. Would you kindly share your name, where you're from, and where you did your MBA? Thank you, Christian, uh, and good morning. Uh, so my name is Darren Darwin. Uh, I'm from Manchester, England. And I studied my MBA uh, with Glion in Switzerland. So originally from England, you started off your career in the British Army. You were a soldier for six years and then joined IHG as front of house manager. Before before we ask about your career in hospitality, what made you make this initial switch? So it, it was actually it was purely by accident. Uh, once when I left the army, uh, I wanted to follow in my father's footsteps. He he was also in the army as, as was my grandfather. My father, after joining, after leaving the army, went into the police force, and that that was my uh, ambition at the time. I did my test whilst I was on tour in Northern Ireland, uh, and then I I went to Hendon for the the, the two day assessment, uh, and everything was okay. And I had about four or five months whilst I was waiting to go into the next intake. During this period, uh, I helped out at my mum's pub restaurant, uh, working behind the bar, helping out in the kitchen, working in the restaurant, doing some cellar work. And I, I just really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I really, I, I loved talking to the, to the guests and the customers. Uh, and I, I guess about halfway between, halfway into the four months before I was about to join the police, uh, my mum's boss, who would come in now and again, he got talking to me and he, he asked how, how I was and if I was enjoying it. And I said, yeah. And he said there was a trainee manager's position on their sort of, uh, you know, development programme coming up. Would I be interested? So I took a couple of days to think about it and uh, I just went for it. I thought, yeah, I, I really want to try this. I, I really felt it was something that I would be good at. And more, more importantly, I enjoyed it. I, I decided not to go into the police, work with my mum for a little bit, then worked in a few other restaurants and bars. And then, yeah, then I joined uh, Forte Hotels and IHG, started in uh, north of England, then worked, went to uh, the Midlands, and then I ended up in London. And then from London, uh, after a few years in London, I got my first expat position in Barbados. And then, obviously, I've been an expat now for nearly 20 years, you know, Eastern Europe, Middle East, Asia. Uh, so yeah, that, that, and that's where we are today. That's a great story, and it, it, it's so funny how little twists of fate like that step in and sort of change change what you had in mind for yourself. So for roughly thirty years, you've now led quite an enviable career in luxury hospitality, opening hotels across the world from Bulgaria to Oman. Would you walk us through your your career? Okay, so. I've already mentioned uh, how I left the UK. So I, I then went to Barbados. I was resident manager in a, in a large five-star resort. Uh, I mean, it was it was great. We, we held things like the Duke of Edinburgh uh, Awards there. Uh, and then through, through an old boss, 
I, I was asked if I wanted to do an opening in Bulgaria of all places to open the first five star holiday in. And Bulgaria in those days was uh, it was a part of the EU, so it's still you know there's still you know, elements of, of the old Soviet era there. So it was quite fascinating for me. And, so, and I'd never done an opening before. Uh, and again, you know, Eastern Europe was completely new for me, so I I I I I, I jumped at the chance. Uh, and I was back to being general manager again, which was great. And then uh, from Eastern Europe, I was given the opportunity to go to the Middle East, which which we know is, and to, to this day is still very true, is one of the most developing regions in the world. Uh, and I also got the opportunity to work for the royal family, who was the owner. So that really gave me my first insight of working for high-profile owners. So yeah, then I went, so I went to Oman and Muscat for a few years. I went to St. Petersburg, Obviously, I have no regrets because I met my wife there. So I, uh, that was a, a milestone in my life. And then from from uh, Russia, I was asked if I wanted to apply for, I guess, the best opportunity of my life so far, career-wise, and that was to open the iconic Anantara Javalakta, the, the highest hotel in the Middle East. Charles had painted landscaping and Prince Diana had been there and, and I went through a series of interviews and assessments. It was a six-month process before I actually was given the, given the role. And, I, and actually, my army days came in useful because the owners are the Ministry of Defence Pension Fund. So when I went to the final interview, I was sitting in front of this board committee or board of people. And they were all in, in high-ranking military uniform, you know, from admirals to generals. And so they interviewed me. And obviously, the army... The army uh, history of my my of my life was came it was quite relevant in terms of I'd say an icebreaker. That's my that's when I started my career with Anantara. We we were very fortunate the PR and how we positioned the hotel. Amazing hotels right beyond the lobby did a special one hour feature on us. And then the company asked me uh, if I wanted to go to Southeast Asia because we own these two hotels here. And I'd never done I'd never worked in Southeast Asia. Again, it was just another opportunity for me, something new. And, and that's where I am today. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant career. It sounds so exciting. It has, it has, it, it has its moments, especially especially uh, last year and this year. I can, I can imagine. Um, this year has been so hard for the hospitality industry, and it makes you think you have to have a lot of resilience to get through it. It tests your resolve. Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. I think last year, last year I found, I found easier because... It, it was new. I think, you know, uh, we expected it to end. We thought this year would be the recovery year. Uh, and so when we've had challenges this year, and even more so than last year in terms of, you know, rises in cases, etc., I think it really has tested our resolve because it's sort of like we've got backwards. Uh, and it's a long time. You know, it's a long time not to see your family. It's a long time. Uh, you know, cost saving is, is, is part of our business. It always has been and always will be when you have... I guess low months or low or low periods, trough periods. But when you're constantly looking at cost saving week in week out for 75, 80 weeks, it's yeah, it's uh, it's not the most it's not the most pleasurable uh, part of our, our of our jobs. No, because you yeah, because as you've said, you you always expect a low period, but then you always expect the high season to sort of make up for that. So you budget accordingly. So this is probably where the MBA, I imagine, would have helped you. So we'll move on to the MBA a little bit. In 2011, you enrolled in the Glion Institute of Higher Education's MBA program. 
What was your motivation for taking this step? I think I was so I was uh, ten years ago, so I was forty three, uh, and I never because of because of my I would say my as we discussed earlier my quick entry into hospitality, I never did a bachelor's degree, so I never I never followed up on the the education that most of my peers had, had already received from uh, you know dominantly Swiss schools, uh, and I saw this online program for MBA and I thought okay well I actually can do this without while still while still working and so obviously that would be able that would be easier for the financial side. I don't have to go to Switzerland and and, and give up my job for two three years. However, the the MBA program would normally last. The journey with the MBA really started as a personal goal. You know, uh, and I figured if I'm going to do this, then not I didn't want to do the bachelor. I'd go for the MBA, and I would pick the best school because if I'm going to do it, I wanted to do, do get the best. I wanted to challenge myself as, as, as much as I could. And then, yeah, that's when the journey started. And I guess what really motivated me was the people that said or kept saying, you know, "Don't worry if you don't if you don't if you don't finish it. We understand. You know, your age. You've never." And that, I think whenever I had difficult times, I was actually opening a hotel at the time as well, so I would finish work in the evening, then study. I would weekends would be doing assignments, so I really gave up my life for two and a half years. And when I had days when I, you know, thought oh, this is just it's really difficult, I would remember the people that said, "Don't worry if you don't pat, if you don't if you don't finish it. We understand." And I think that just drove me to to get to get the to get the MBA finished, and, uh, and, and yeah. It's a fantastic achievement. I mean, doing an MBA in general is, but then I think I get a full-time MBA. So when I see people who have worked alongside it, I just think, oh my gosh, they're, they're heroes. I don't know how they've done it. I say to people now that ask me, I would say, because I did it in just over two years. I say to people now, you know, take your time, do it over three years. Uh, I, 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 I think I missed one module. So I took a two-month break out of the whole program. Uh, and that was because I was actually moving from Muscat, from, from Oman to Russia. Uh, but yeah, uh, and I was single at the time, so I wasn't married. I didn't have I didn't have my beautiful baby boy, uh, and there was people who were on the course of doing it that had families. So I I admire them even more. I mean, they had they had a wife and kids, so that you know their resolve was a lot. Many MBAs do their career to make a pivot, and Glion is known renowned for its excellence in hospitality. But you already had worked in the industry, and you and you continue. To work in the industry, what skills did you gain, and how have you used them in your day-to-day work? So I, I think, okay. So if I if I look at the job in Oman, the the, the things that the degree on MBA uh, helped me with with my job in Oman was it gave me more self-confidence. Certainly, not just in terms of the way I way I way I write, but the way I think. Certainly, in terms of critical thinking, strategic thinking, decision making, it also gave me more confidence. Uh, I would say with people, uh, you know, in Oman, I was regularly hosting royal families, politicians, dignities, celebrities, and I, I just had a lot more confidence with with this set of people, which I don't think I probably would have had as much confidence before I did my MBA. What I've noticed in in also recently is actually has helped me in my career in terms of I notice now that companies are asking for MBAs, certainly uh, when you get to a certain level. Uh, and it's not so much companies, it's owners. Owners are asking about MBA, certainly in the Middle East. When you're applying for a visa uh, as a general manager, uh, certainly at a senior level and, and at my age, an MBA definitely helps you to get a visa to go and work in the country. You know, because if you've got 100 people that are, are going for a job, for example, in Dubai, 
they're going to start looking at things like, okay, look, let's look at the education. So I found it certainly helped me to, to get where I want to go now. Uh, I, I mean, when I applied for the job in Oman, not, not so much the company uh, in terms of minor hotels, but the owners, the Ministry of Defence, they asked me about my MBA on the interview. So for ownership, I think it certainly helped. Yeah, I can I can understand that because they're going to want to think, you know, this this new GM is going to come in. Do they have the leadership skills? But also, do they have sort of that just the holistic um, awareness, especially the financial awareness, the asset management understandings? I can understand that being a, a big selling point. And then, as you said, the competitive landscape it's such that you eventually end up looking at these micro factors and you start looking going how to, how to differentiate yeah and i think also it uh, it also gives them an understanding of, of of focus and drive you know because like i said i did my mba while i was still working so it, i guess it shows a level of commitment and focus and you know the, the never the never give up give up give up attitude uh so yeah i like i say not not so much with the hotel company but with owners i've certainly i i found it found it it's helped significantly i i saw you originally on bbc's Amazing Hotels Life Beyond the Lobby, where you were the, the pre and post opening general manager of Anantara Al Jabbar Al Akhtar. Did I say that correctly? Anantara Al Jabbar Al Akhtar, yes, close. <laughs> <laughs> what skills have you found to be the most important as a pre opening GM, and what challenges did you have to overcome? Well, I think that was my third or fourth opening, but obviously Jabbar Al Akhtar was unique in its, in its own right because it was, it was perched 2,000 meters top of a mountain so you know uh you know a supply truck would take a day to get up the mountain I mean, it's just the, the logistics were just crazy so yeah. i okay so meticulous meticulous planning and organization you have to have very good short-term and long-term thinking uh you have to be adaptable and flexible because you know you're opening there's delays financial constraints you also have to be very disciplined and i think that's where the mba helps because if you're not disciplined especially with timelines then it then it has significant financial impact because you're, you're not making any money uh so yeah i think all of those things i've just mentioned uh certainly are critical to opening uh, and and also more, more importantly you have to understand what you want you have to have a clear vision which you would be aligned with the company and the owners because your positioning has to be perfect from the minute you open. You don't get a second chance. You know, first impressions are so important now with openings, especially with there being so many and so many companies having strong pipelines. So the first impression in terms of how you position the hotel and the PR and the pricing has to be very, very uh, spot on. So obviously, you know, you have a great, you, you, you hire, uh, you, bring in, you bring on board a great team, you all work together. That's what I would say helps with an opening. Yeah. And actually, that's a really interesting point as well, um, the team. Because that's what I noticed on the show, the camaraderie with you and the staff. Um, it just seemed like, I mean, obviously, for you know, it's, it's a show as well, but it just seemed like it was really a team effort. Yeah, no, I guess it was a little bit different there because we were all on the mountains. So we all lived together. You know, we all, we all we had a, camp, a compound near the hotel, so we all lived together. So we were, we were really a close-knit group of people. Uh, so I think yeah, that was quite unique. That, that I mean, it, it actually did remind me of the military. We were very close, very you know, there was a, there was a tight bond, which was you know, bearing in mind there was over what, thirty-five to forty nationalities. It was really 
was amazing how how we achieved that. And I, I, like I said, I just didn't get a great group of people that all wanted the same to make the hotel one of the best in the world. So then out of, out of my own curiosity, um, what does the day-to-day life of a general manager look like? So I guess it's it's different now than pre-COVID. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the, the, the daily the daily things are the same. So I get up in the morning. I, I, well, for, obviously now I have a baby. So I get up in the morning, I spend time with the baby. Uh, I go to breakfast with my wife and baby long before any of the guests were awake. Uh, then I, I normally have a walk around the hotel because in Southeast Asia we have lots of rain as well. Uh, I look at the business because obviously it's fragile at the moment. Uh, then we have the morning meeting. Then I would say there's a there's a range of meetings in the afternoon for financial, for people and culture, uh, training, you know, looking at the business. Uh, then then obviously you know uh, I would see what the guests are up to for dinner and I have a walk around and then and then that's pretty much it. But but within all of that there's a there's a big part of uh, safety and health now in terms of checking what's going on in the, in, the, in the hotel. Are we following COVID protocols? So that really obviously, you know, takes precedent now. So I guess. What we, we so then for those that are interested in either transitioning into hospitality or advancing their career in the sector, what advice would you give them to sort of make headway, especially for those wanting to, tra- to transition because the industry is known for being quite rank and file? If I could go back, uh, so I would have done my... Uh, Bachelor or MBA earlier, that's for sure. I would have definitely done it earlier. Uh, I do think it's. I do think it. It makes a difference. I wouldn't do it straight from school, so I would actually. I would, I would go into hospitality first for a few years because one thing I've learned, and my peers that did the MBA as well, is that they they were able to complete. I would say a better MBA because of their hotel experience, uh, because it gives you a, a more of an insight. So I would. I wouldn't do it straight away. Uh, I mean, I guess what I'm going to say now is, is relevant for many industries. You know, don't give up. You're going to have good days and bad days, but don't give up. You'll meet some amazing people along the way. You know, you get to travel the world. Obviously, the post-COVID is is, is different, but we will get through this. Um, it's very important to set yourself goals, what, what you want to achieve in five years, what you want to achieve in 10 years. Now, they, 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 will, they will, of course, change as time goes on and things happen in your life. But I that's really helped me. Now, my five year and 10 years are more towards my retirement, where when I was younger, it was more towards my career. I still think it's very important to have these goals. Uh, It keeps you focused. Don't take things for granted. Stay humble. Uh, You know, appreciate what you have. And remember, you know, uh, it's a small world in the hotel industry. So, you know, keep your network strong. Don't be afraid to ask for help, especially as an expat. You know, the only stupid question is the one you don't ask. And then the most important one, obviously, which probably sounds quite strange to me saying it in the, in the world we live in at the moment, but the most important one is enjoy it. Enjoy it. You enjoy it. It, 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 it. It's so much aligned with the fact that you'll be very good at it. I still love it. I mean, yeah, we're going through a difficult time at the moment, but I, I really do love what I do. Well, Brian, that brings us now, now to COVID. COVID has altered the shape of hospitality. Where do you see its future? And do you think it will go back to the way it was or has it been forever changed? Uh, I think certain things have been forever changed. Uh, you know, we've just had a, we, we've not, we've not had, we're still, we're still going through a global pandemic. Uh, I think all of us, it's the first time we've ever experienced anything on this scale. So, of course, I think, you know, most industries, there, there, there will be changes. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything negative. I think, you know, sometimes change is good. Change is always in our business. Uh, I think we're more, obviously, going to be more health conscious now, more safety uh, precautions. 
what I've noticed in, in, in terms of the, the customers now is, you know, health and wellness uh, really are taking center stage. But, you know, listen, this was predominant. Uh, this was a, a key feature before COVID. You know, more and more people now are into wellness programs, spa, healthy eating, healthy living. So this was this was happening before COVID anyway. I just think it's been accelerated now due to COVID. Guests now as well, and again, it's certainly good for the company I work with because this is something we do very well. We're, 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 we're renowned for storytelling and experiences. And I think guests want that now. I think they want to make the most of their holiday because they want to make the most of their time. Listen, we've just almost lost, what, a year and a half of our lives. You know, we, it's, it's, it's been a standstill. And, and people want to get that time back, but they don't want to waste that time. They want to, they want to have experiences. They want to... You know, go swimming with the dolphins or, you know, uh, abseiling or, or mountain climbing. They don't just want to lie on a beach anymore. They want to do things. They want to experience different cuisines and different, different, you know, different uh, spa rituals. And that's something we were very good at, are very good at, at Anantara. So we're just, we're just basically ramping that up now and, and just, just uh, you know, focusing on what we, what we did anyway. But I think that's that's where I see the hospitality changing. And obviously, again, this was happening before COVID anyway, but we'll see more of a digital footprint now, contactless. Uh, again, you know, this was happening before. So technology will play a key feature, but it was anyway. I just think, like I just said, with health, it's just going to be accelerated. Uh, I, think, I think 2022 will be a good recovery year, and I think 2023 will probably be the boom year for, for most hotel companies. Brilliant. That brings us to the final question, and that's more of a personal one. Where do you go from here? I've really enjoyed my time in Sri Lanka. And, you know, Sri Lanka is always going to have a real special place in my heart because my beautiful baby boy was born here. Uh, he's now 18 months old. So I've done three years in Sri Lanka now. Um, I think it's COVID-related to some extent. My wife, and I think many expats, and I want to be closer to their families, i.e. their parents, we want to be closer to our parents, especially for our for, for our for our baby. I think we're 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 hoping to go back go back to the Middle East uh, sometime in the near future. The company has some fantastic properties opening up, so I think that's where I see myself in the next sort of six to twelve months, and then we'll we'll take it from there. Uh, hopefully, I'll get the opportunity to open another iconic property like the one in Mountain in Oman. But yeah, location wise, I think we're gonna yeah try and get closer to to our families. Uh, which again, I think is something that you'll you'll see a lot of, certainly with expats. That's all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Marie. If you like this episode, remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get access to articles and more great content by visiting our website, themodernmba.co.uk, or you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Until next time, bye! Bye!